Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to another faction reaction with a legend that is Matthew Goldsborough. Please. There he is. <laughs> hey, Matthew, how are you? Well? I'm good. I'm well. I'm well. Are you good? Tired. Tough. We talked about this off air. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some people, some people um, uh, might not know that I DJed till three o'clock in the morning last night, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter for all of you people watching on YouTube uh, or watching to listen to it as a podcast or watching it on Twitch right now because it's filmed in front of a live studio audience. And there's loads of great people in the chat like Smorgan and Tristan and Stabglot Plus. Yeah, one of my favorite people. Uh, so thanks everyone for being here. We're obviously going to do a faction reaction on Luminath Realm Lords. Matthew's a great person to do that because not only does he has he played all of like the kind of uh, you know like Venari, not like you know the the classic Luminath Wave One Luminath. He's also played a like load and been very successful with a lot of the Wave Two Luminath. Obviously, part of uh, the Bad Moon Loons who won the Super Series. Um, so like you've got. Um, loads of credence to talk about this so i don't know are you excited about this This is a pretty big one i think this is going to be one of those ones that people are very excited about hearing about you feel a lot of pressure there how are you feeling pressure. pressure here you know it is it's a big one isn't it it's a big faction it's a very popular faction um so yeah i think i'm ready there i think i'm ready okay sweet sweet so um let's talk about how they worked in um uh, age of sigma 2 do you want to talk to me about that um so obviously like it's a bit of a weird one because like um we had this brief window where we got all the wave two stuff, um, but that obviously we we're still in lockdown then, so that didn't really see a lot of play, um, like all the with the new wind stuff that you just mentioned and all that um, until like recently. So look at like how they played before. It's sort of like um, you were you were technically playing half a book, so they sort of played with this. Um, uh, it was mainly like this magic focused. Uh, I want to say like a, it was a castle build really with some like minor control elements based around bravery. And really good, like, character suppression mortal wound output. Um, so you had, like, uh, for anyone who doesn't know what Lumineth do, like, most of your core units are wizards. So you are able to, like, have all these overlapping synergies. So units buffing themselves, buffing other units, um, which is, is good because it, it, it sort of leads you towards its castle build. But it also lets you, like, um, operate with those units independently if they need to. Um, yeah. It very much felt like, like the, I mean, the raw out, especially Techless and the Technado. Obviously, the spell portal seemed yeah. like such a such a no brainer. But I think some of the things obviously keyed in whenever because I've seen you play on TTS a, a few times, um, and I've seen other people play with their their Lumineth as well. Uh, and one of the things that really stood out was, um, you know, it was that it was that protection of Heesh, like so that five up like war DPR yeah. it, like in the army that's it. But then also a spell ignore from Techless. Like you just got so much from Techless, why wouldn't you take him? And then it just kind of spiraled backwards, and you were like, right, well, then you're going to have wardens, and then you're going to have sentinels, uh, and then it just it just seemed to almost write itself, especially yeah. because of the battalion, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Those, um, especially because uh, when Oral and Legion was a thing, um, I'm still bitter, but it's all right. Um, like, yeah, as you say, those lists wrote themselves because it was it was saying you have to take two of these, you know, you have to take so many sentinels, so many wardens, and you, you, it was it was encouraging you to take the stuff you wanted to take anyway, the stuff that was good. Um, uh, not all the lists, I think, competitively needed tech lists. There was that, uh, what's it, that 70 Sentinel thing that was going on. Uh, um, and, uh, oh, we, we're I just losing you there a second, Matt. Sorry. There are some, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, sorry, bud, we lost you. Yeah, so there, uh, what's the thing? Uh, 
Oh, um, so basically, like, uh, there were like, most of the lists were like techless or all in Legion. So you techless wardens, bows, maybe some dorm riders, um, and then you, you had the non techless list, which were like just I guess generally like Venari bow spam, um, and then you had some other lists which are generally like weren't as successful, I don't think, which are Eumetric or cow stuff. Um, but that's probably because it's quite low movement back then. Um, I guess those were sort of your like what you saw in AOS too, uh, as opposed yeah. to now. Yeah, yeah, no, I agreed. Uh, thank you to Pragmatic for donating five gift subscriptions to the chat. That's fucking super nice of you. And for resubscribing himself. Uh, Boston Power, thanks for resubscribing. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in live. Yeah, so one of the really interesting things about them, um, uh, about the Lumineth in uh, 2, and it's still going to be true in 3, um, and uh, like we'll, we'll touch on it maybe before we talk about what we like about um, uh, like. Um, what we like about Age of Sigmar 3 is it does seem, uh, thanks to Noble Matthew for donating 10 gift subscriptions, holy shit. Okay, <laughs> thanks lads. Thanks lads. Really excited about the Lumineth and the Kangaroos. Um, is it seems, Matthew, like, and I know uh, you've, you've played a lot of this army now, um, it seems like it's over the top. It's so many things. The hero phase feels like it's a thousand like, hours. Um like and it feels like there's all of the tool sets are like going like would you do, would you say that that felt fair like that's a fair description and how like I, I'm not asking you to like defend the army but like how would you uh, try uh, how have you tried to like uh, speed up games or like uh, minimize that impact on an opponent or you just think that's just how it works it, like, sadly. it is a struggle because um like obviously it's a core part of how the army works. It's literally like how they get their output, how they, you know, get around the board even, stuff like that. It's the magic. Um, it all revolves around the spell laws. So um, what I've tried to do is, I mean, and you, obviously you get faster as you as you put the reps in, as you play more games. But I generally have a little, like, uh, at first I wrote it down, my little, um, now I've got like a little, a little mental playbook of like, yeah. um, uh, like cast orders and things that I've, you know, grown used to. And you generally, like, uh, I found I, I work out this, like, um, you have, like, two or three big plays in your head that generally you know what you're going to do. And it's like, right, you, what am I playing? I'm playing against this. I'm going to do X. Uh, with, so that means I'll cast this, 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 and this in that order with these wizards. Um, and that's how I've generally got around it, I think, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I was the other kind of thing point I wanted to to make was is in Age of Sigmar two, looking at the stats, even though you had all of the you had mortal wounds forever, yeah. the ability to cast spells, it felt with impunity. Um, uh, the Cathalar to ignore Battle Shock and a bunch of positives, you didn't see them dominate the top tables. Like four ones were very common, mm. um, like were, were were common, but it was like it was a, it was rare. Like Big Sean over in New Zealand, um, one of the few five O's actually over the like the past year in in, in the Age of Sigmar too. Um, so they weren't like it wasn't super common. I don't think for people to generally like five O, even though like I think the experience for the other people, the non Lumineth players, they felt like it was like oh you could do everything. It's like oh, actually apart from maybe take out that final game in an event. Yeah. Um, which I think is one of those interesting things when we go on to talk about it next, because it does feel like it has all of the toys, the Lumineth book. Um, it does. It does have all the toys, but the damage um, is quite precision based. Like, okay. if you know, if you do, if you look at the the Sentinel Lambert Light combo, probably like the most widely known thing about the book. You know, so anyone who doesn't know Lambert Light, it's a spell. You cast it on a five, um, and it, you re-roll shooting uh, to hit rolls against that target that you Lambert Light. Yeah. Um, so it's it's like okay I'll, I'll everything's 
going to shoot that basically because that makes my output good or um you know it's not like you don't have a lot of attacks you don't have a lot it's a lot of them um, you know you're, you're fishing for those fives so the, the, the there was like a general like damage cap on the army so like some stuff like if you played like a huge like I don't know, big war or something with loads of wounds like Blight Kings or whatever. It, it struggled to get get enough output out. So that was, I think, why you didn't see all those 5-0s. I think it needs a lot of luck in the matchups maybe to make a 5-0. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, th I think that actually makes a lot of sense. And I think that's one of the things that you could see um, uh, on the, like, and especially the difference between uh, taking any of your more classic uh, spear elves and your archer elves versus yeah, yeah. Um, taking any of the cow mountain men uh, because they generally did not do perform well in tournaments at all um, in AOS 2, uh, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And I think they lacked, they lacked the output even more than the other side of the book. Yeah, which was interesting because you could get like, you could get a decent outcome from them, but I think the the problem with the stone people is, is was the the ability to apply that you know because they were just so slow <laughs> they're so slow um obviously that's slightly different now and if you're starting to see like you know maybe them creep in i know eric uh he, he did pretty well with the geometricalist yeah quite recently yeah. um so that i, I saw that and i was quite interested by that so yeah, yeah i think i think it's very interesting especially moving into three okay um so uh it's main strengths in two You've like were were, were magic, melee, shooting, <laughs> movement, <laughs> debuffs. <laughs> well, I'm not so at debuffs, buffs definitely, but yeah. Yeah, and then um, but the output, the output. So you you struggled against what we call DPS checks armies. So where someone was like, yeah. "Can you do all of this damage this quick?" and you were like, "Probably not." Was that the? Would you say the issue? Yeah, it, it, it's it's sort of that. Can you do all the damage before I do all the damage to you? Sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So like you had elements to mitigate that with like the capola and stuff and those you know control spells uh, that stop people doing things but yeah it is you know the, a dps check and also your your movement options your ways to improve movement like speed of heat and they were all like spells so you know it's it's prone to not happening if you come up against those other big casters that can stop that like nagash um suddenly your effectiveness was like Oh, you know, if I'm not getting power of each off on my, my spears, if I'm not getting power of each off on my bows, and it's like, you know, against maybe Nagash or something, you're like, well, I guess I lose, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks very yeah, much. It's been like, really fun. Let's not do any more. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's Definitely. fine. Uh, but like, and just to, just before we move on to three, just to touch on, obviously, then the we had the Wind Temple and the New Wave. And obviously, you you, yeah. you dominantly played at the Super Series with uh, not only Severith and the, the rest of the, the Wind side, but obviously those 15 Wind Chargers, which we saw dominate uh, emotionally, emotionally, which is why we've got the Wadzi. <laughs> Emotionally scar some people. Speckle's still emotionally recovering from that <laughs> that experience. Uh, oh, <laughs> James on Monday night described it as the worst game of Warhammer of his whole life, <laughs> which is not you. Yeah. It's not you. It's the army, right? Um, no, no. I wrote the list to be the worst experience possible for anyone ever uh, on the planet. But it looked so. like you had the most fun running it. Oh yeah, totally. It was amazing. No, no, still is amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the wind stuff was uh, interesting because it suddenly brought out a load of fast stuff. So it's really like opened the book up, um, and now it, it's really removed like one of those major weaknesses um, from like the whole faction, which was the limited movement. Because now you have stuff that is still like decently fast, 
or in some cases just ridiculously fast all the time, like Severith and the Foxes. And um, so you've got stuff that can get over there and be cheeky in like the back line and whatever. So yeah, it's really like opened the book up. And in, and also in terms of adding like uh, damage output that isn't relied on mortals in from the wind stuff, which is another like key thing, I think. Yeah, no, I I, I was gonna, I was going to say actually there's there's a lot of like output output there, but like you say, like you say, um, uh, more of a scalper than necessarily a hammer. And I think I saw JP in the chat say something very similar. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Phil Dune, for resubscribing. Um, okay. Talk to me about uh, Age of Sigmar, before we talk about winners and losers for the Lumineth, talk to me about Age of Sigmar 3 and your feelings on it. You've obviously just, off the back of an event with Lumineth Realm Lords, you just went to Mancunian Carnage, went 4-1 with that. Uh, you've played uh, the TSN Arena at our events as well, and you've you've taken a first-place trophy there. Um, so talk to me about Age of Sigmar 3, how do you feel about it? Um, big fan. Big fan on the whole. Um, like... I think the new command abilities, or in, in terms of Age, Age of Sigmar 3, like for Lumineth, the new command abilities had a lot. Um, in terms of Age of Sigmar by itself, uh, I think it's a great game. And like those reactive moments now, yeah, it's really, it's, it's way more fun. And I don't think it slows the game down as much as people think now, like we're getting used to it. I think it's quite good. Um, the monster stuff, I'm not sure I'm, I don't know whether I like it or not yet. Um, like the whole like you know giving up victory points for monsters and like having to take monsters because um maybe it's just being a lumineth player because we don't have like outside of tech lists you know i don't know maybe cows are cows are all right i'll talk about them later but um you're not like sport for choice on monsters if that makes sense I, I, um, I, 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 the, the violin i have for you is far too small yeah. to play <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you fair enough. Yeah, okay but um, yeah, it's really good. It's really good, and um, it's oh, I've been finding a lot of the games I've been playing have been like way closer than you always expect. They always like you're always like still in it to like turn you know turn three four. You're going like oh my god, you know like you still have to hustle. It's it's like uh, you're getting way more like um, sorry way less games that are just like oh I've just deleted you. There's nothing you can do about it. You know I'm way ahead on score. Um, so I think it's really good. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think, yeah, big thumbs from it, uh, basically. Uh, hey to Randy in the chat. Also, thank you to Pedro Fantastico for resubscribing. And who smashed a Zinch Archeon list with his ogres on Sunday. That's an achievement. Oh, uh, yeah. And let, yeah, that's... Ooh. Get that in the yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, Get out of here. Yeah, I'd, I'd take a picture and frame that, is what I'd do. Uh, <laughs> not many people will know what that means, but like whenever I come around your house, you can be like, this is this is the day I did that. I'm like, wow. I mean, <laughs> like, excellent. Uh, thanks, Kalaneth, for resubscribing. Um, yeah, so uh, like, I, I know you touched on the monsters a little bit and the scoring system generally. How do you find list writing? Because the Lumineth book is also a tad complex i think necessarily to put together like and then do you find the battalions help not help like enhancements are you finding like if you got your head around it yet like are you even yeah, sure uh, whether or not you can take an extra enhancement on techless yet like what's the situation uh i mean techless i don't think he can no he can't from enhancement anyway because he's like a unique character but um yeah uh yeah if i feel like there's a few things that like in the core battalions that they definitely benefit from like obviously spell enchantment is huge mm -hmm. because and i've been using it in a lot of my lists because if you can get that spell enchantment suddenly all your all your units know two spells and it gives you more redundancy and stuff like that um and also access to being uh, a one drop is uh, nice because it was something that like uh, those tech lists relied on before, so it's, it's good that you can still do it. 
Um, if you want to go first, get those key spells off. Um, yeah, and also uh, some uh, like some of the the cheeky GHB ones for it. I've got a, a list later. That I'll all talk right, about okay, well. all right. Well, let's jump into it then. Let's 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 talk about winners and losers then. So the winners and losers, like, and obviously, um, I mean, we'll talk, touch on the stuff that's also good. Um, but yeah, talk to me like about winners and losers because I'm not like yeah. Let's go. Let's uh, tell me how you feel. Well, I, first, the first big winners that um, I think there are, um, and this I'm going to talk about the sub factions. Okay. Uh, because we gained with the the, the Teclas book, we gained two new sub factions, which really really um, changed the games. Which is obviously Alumnia, yep. um, which gives you a pre-game move on your Sonarian Venari and access to run and charge, uh, which is pretty wow. big. That's good. Um, like army wide. Um, well, not army wide. You have to spend a CP, you pick a unit, and but it, it's anyone can run and charge potentially. Yeah. And then you got Helon, which gives you like more shots if you're in combat with someone. And a the ability to move at the end of the combat phase, um, and those those are big winners purely because they give you more movement options straight off the bat, which is one of the was one of the you know army's like key weaknesses. So that was immediately a big win. You suddenly you suddenly got like ways of getting your stuff around the board a lot quicker, a lot easier, um, and moving things out of sequence, which is always amazing. As we know, movement is king. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's my first big winner out of those. Um, other big winners, I'd say, obviously, Teclis is a big winner. He's a hero monster. You know, he's, and most people were taking him anyway. He's going to get access to more healing. Um, he's gained access to the new Wind Law, so that's even more healing. Lo I mean, he knows, like, what, 22 spells now? Wow. So, wow. yeah, he's, you've got, you've got something for any, like, you're never, like, out of the game with Teclis, I don't think. You can, you've got play into everything, if that makes sense. Um, and obviously, He's got monstrous reactions, so he can, you know, he can do all that jazz, all those new tricks. So I think he's a big winner there. Um, and also, all-out defense. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Have you heard of all-out defense? <laughs> that works quite nicely on Teclis, I guess. Yeah, 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 it makes him way more survivable, and it, may, it means you don't have to run him in Sayar now. Because mm. previously, like, Sayar was your big defensive uh, sub-faction. You got access to more Aether Quartz, so you could stack plus on save. But now... now you don't have to do that, so you can you can put Teclis and uh, uh, you can play the, those wardens in the other sub factions, and they're just as good, if not better, now because they get access to new things. Um, so, it, yeah. it felt like it felt like um, like actually weirdly, you ended up with um, uh, you ended up with more kind of, like your, your buffs kind of evened out. Like you've got Shining Company, so like minus one to hit like being capped basically you're like cool well like i don't need to like move into like geminids or anything to make more minuses to hit to kind of like double down on it i've just yeah i've just got that like plus one save oh cool i've got aether quartz that's the max i can do but actually i've also got access now to a mystic shield uh, uh um, all out defense so i'm super cheeky yeah. which is good um and i know that with the new spell law you got a heal as well uh like a, yeah. a yeah. d6 heal yeah. but then there's also heroic recovery and that also feels like like that works super well on Teclis as well, just to kind of bring him up a little bit in case he happens to take any damage. So like, it, it feels like, yeah. Anyway, like, you you you're the one who knows. I was like, you could talk. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you're you're completely right. And you know, um, yeah, stuff like obviously like, and you can further stack that like, healing with things like Life Swarm. Um, wardens Wardens love Life Swarm because they're obviously their one wound, and you, you're going to get loads back. Stuff like, um, it's really improved like the the staying power of the army, which was key because. Um, I think another one of the weaknesses of the army before that we didn't maybe touch on was you're always quite low model count. Um, it's a very elite army. Like you're, you're, you're not, there's not a lot of bodies on the board and you've got to make them count. 
Um, so any any like uh, stuff like rally and like um, new life swarm, it's great to be able to like uh, put more bodies back onto the board. So maybe life swarms a winner for Lumineth. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, big winners. Uh, another big winner is obviously all your core stuff. Um, so your wardens, uh, your sentinels. Now they did go up in points. There were points increases, obviously. Yeah. Um, but luckily, uh, I think losing the battalions that paid for a lot of your points increases. So it's not too much of a. a a negative there but all your core stuff and um, the core rules now give you access to mystic shield and arcane bolt yeah which you didn't previously have on the war scrolls before they only knew power of peace oh um, and a spell that you could get so you can now have like it's only a little thing but like wardens casting mystic shield and stuff like that it's it's good to like you know not rely on your heroes to get access to mystic shield now which yeah. is as we know pretty key in this edition i think for like staying around um other big winners uh the the normal cow. Okay, well, Not, so uh, can, can we go back? Can we just cycle back a little bit? Just because just I want to talk about the Sentinels and the Wardens, because I think a lot of people would have, have got that. Do you think that... Thank you, by the way, to Andy O'Reilly for resubscribing. And Nogal Matthew for doing it in a gift subscription. Um, would you say that the, um, uh, the, the points increases were fair? Like... Uh, like, do you, like is, no, no, what I mean by that is because is I know Wardens went up quite a bit, right, compared to Sentinels, is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and I always felt I always felt that you were limited on bodies anyway in Lumineth, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, wow, it doesn't feel like you can get a lot, is what I'm trying to get at. I, I think Sentinels might be fair, 150. I think it's probably fair. Um, Dawn Riders, 140. Ah, yeah, whatever. Um, you only, I only was ever taken like a unit of them anyway. Um, maybe, um, wardens, I have an issue with them being 145, mainly because half guard berserkers are 125 points. And I think that's just ridiculous. But there you go. Oh, I don't know what they'd be. It's more of a, it's more of a hearth guard issue than it is anything it is else. A, it's my eternal war on half guard berserkers. Um, <laughs> that's so. fair. That's very narrative. Like that but works out. I think 145 points. I think the problem I have with them being 145 points, I'd maybe put them at 135, is just because they are, and unless you take some other like other different sub factions that give you access to other battle line options, they are your only battle line option outside of like Blade Lords, which you're not necessarily taking anyway. Yeah. Um. So they they are like your core battle line option. They're the one that like they're like the poster boys of the book in in a weird way, and I think being 145 i don't know it's quite a lot for like your you know your always take core battle line i think maybe just a little just a little shade too much and i know i bet there's loads of people in the chat going like oh my god busted as hell what's he talking about um it's just it's just charlie saying that best of goals are 135 but that's fine <laughs> that's a different thing isn't it that's you know well i think you... i think it's i think it's an interesting take actually um uh because i think I think probably Sentinels are maybe the perfect battle line unit. And therefore, like, if you were going to judge what all other battle line, like your 10-man battle line units should be, I think Sentinels should probably be your baseline. Maybe because they're the best of the best. You know, they're a wizard. They can do mortals on fives. They've got three-inch reach, which is huge. They've got a good armor save with an inbuilt ability to add plus one, regardless of anything else. Uh, they're fairly brave. They're not the quickest. That's fair. Um, but other than that, like that three inch range is obviously pretty fantastic. So it feels like 
if if we're cool with them being 145 or 135, I think just just for all of the faction reactions, it's kind of like my kind of statement <laughs> would be if you think that they're better or worse than that, this is your like benchmark for like yeah. like what those units are lower because I think that they 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 you know they're not they're not loads of frills right like apart from I mean they're loads of, they are loads of frills so if your stuff they're isn't loads of, fun, loads of well, they are <laughs> yeah but if you got if you got less frills then probably your battle line yeah. unit should be a little bit cheaper I reckon uh, yeah but that's on it but anyway you were saying on winners sorry uh, no 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 I'm also saying uh, other winners um, the generic cow so this is the non non Avalenors we big hammer guy big yeah. hammer cow. Big thumbs. Um, why? He's a monster, and, and monsters are great, great now. Yep. Um, so he gets access to all that stuff. Um, and also the new sub factions significantly improve how they perform. Now, there's always this problem when you look at the stone units in the Lumineth book, and you go, "Well, obviously, they'd be a lot tankier in your Metrica." Yep. So I should play them in your Metrica, right? Yep. But with the new addition getting access to all-out defense and obviously Mystic Shield being plus one save again, it means that actually you don't necessarily need to put them in your Metrica to ignore the rent because you've got other ways to do it. Yeah, I see what So you mean. again, it opens them up to stuff like, you know, and also, um, so putting them in like Alumnia, suddenly you've got a cow that can run and charge. Yeah, with a CP, yeah. And also, Ren minus two, uh, the, the Cow King guy, uh, I can't remember Avalenor. his name, Avalenor, I can never Avalenor. Avalenor. Yeah. Um, he's only Ren minus one, um, and the big cow's Ren minus two, it wounds on twos as well, so it loves all that attack, so it can be twos and twos. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's minus one uh, pick a unit and minus one to hit abilities better, because it's a whole unit, whereas um, Avalenor's is only models in range. Um, so it, it's just a, he's cheaper, it's a big winner. Um, you can put them in the pre-game move battalion for monsters, so you can get them up a board a bit quicker. And then, you know, you can maybe, so pre-game move, run and charge, speed of heat. You can put a cow three inches away from someone, you know, like turn one, if needs be now, and stuff like that. Stuff like redeploy. Redeploy is really interesting because, like, um, a lot of people, I, I think, use redeploy to, like, you know, make that charge harder, don't they? But redeploy also gives you the license to get your units up the board. Yep. Quicker, so a lot of the a lot of the slow stone units, like the cows, the stone guard, you know, if someone moves within nine inches of you, redeploy, get a few more inches on them, you know, get closer. You're tanky anyway. You want to be up there. You want to be in the center with those stone units fighting. So, uh, redeploy is a really like nice new way of getting them up there for like a cheeky CP. And you're not short on CP with the shrine, obviously. That was another another big winner. Big winner coming into AOS three. We got our terrain piece, which is essentially. For those of you that don't know quite what it does, it's just it's just ten free CP. And <laughs> um, you've got to look at it like that. It's just ten free it's CP. Just ten free CP is the most casual way to describe a piece of terrain. Yeah, yeah. You just get you get one CP in each player's turn, um, every turn. Um, only usable by the person in the shrine, but you know. Right now you can like put your general in there, that's still holy than eighteen inches, able to use CP, so it's great. Um, and also gives you reroll to cast and unbind, which was great because if you weren't taking tech list, then you previously only had, uh, like, I don't know, you had to do other things to buff your casting, whereas now you have, like, more reliable casting just straight off the bat without necessarily needing tech list. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, and unbinding as well. So it, it bumped up the whole, like, general uh, reliability of the army, the shrine. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? 
other big winners. Uh, there's some. So can I ask you a question about the shrine? Like, yeah. where do you typically like? So where does it have to be deployed, and where do you typically deploy it? Um, well, it's it got to be in your territory. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, the usual jazz, three inches from objectives and all that sort of stuff. Um, typically, uh, it, it depends on the list, I guess, because if you're playing something like, um, which pushes up the board, maybe. Uh, a lot more so like uh, loads of wardens and, and cow stuff maybe you put it slightly you, I'd probably play it quite aggressively but with like with my kangaroos I've generally been like backboarding it because they want to stay away from my enemy shooting you want to keep your heroes safe and out of unbind range um, so generally I've actually been keeping it quite far back uh, if that makes sense yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna talk about that. Uh, thanks to IMT Jones for subscribing, by the way, on Twitch. Big love to you. The um, because like like when I play Zinch, for instance, I generally try and be like, how aggressively can I deploy my casters forward? Because yeah. most of what I'm doing is casting against you. Whereas I feel with Lumineth, what you're mainly doing is casting on yourself. Generally, oh yeah. Like when you're not when when you're not playing Techless. So like the idea that you actually want to play further away because it kind of in my head I'm like, well, you want the Loon Shrine forward so you got that 18 inch range command abilities, but you're like saying actually I want it further away so I can cast the spells and, and not be unbound is, is roughly what. Yeah, you're and doing. also if you have you know if you have someone in the shrine that that reroll range on the shrine is 24 inches anyway, so it's it's pretty like far reaching. So. You can have it at the back and still be like, you know, big thumbs, rerolls for days, let's go. Um, yeah. yeah. So. And how have you found, how have you found, so obviously like with your general on the board in, in Age of Sigmar 3, uh, you get a CP every every turn. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then, and it's generally, I mean, obviously you can try and generate a CP as well. So you get a CP every turn and now you're getting a CP, well, Lumineth players are getting a CP. Like, do, do you just feel like you're swamped in CP? Like, uh, this is interesting. Actually, no, I always like end up using all my CP in a battle round. Uh, right. Okay. And like, there's sometimes I, I usually find like, so most of the time, uh, with the list I've been running, I've just been rolling for CP anyway, because unless you're like trying to heal Severith or something, it's it's always like, the, I don't know, your, your, all your heroes are like, they're not fighters, so you don't generally go for like finest, best day, whatever. Um, yeah. Super you, generally the unbinds, because you've got buckets of loads of unbinds anyway. So CP is generally what I go for. Um, but yeah, I've, I find that I'm normally like on the money with CP, or maybe like I have one left, or maybe I have and maybe one more than I, 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 I'd like one more, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think the army like, uh in in three plays and needs some of those like all out defense you, you're quite hungry for all out defense i find uh, okay uh so i think that's where a lot of your cp goes um yeah so i'm i'm fine like cp it's good that we've got the shrine i think otherwise i think we would struggle maybe a little for cp okay all right sweet I just wanted to know because I think like I think a lot of people would be like, "Wow, that's a lot of CP you've got." But then some armies like same Git, Seraphon, um, they generally generate a lot of CP in addition per yeah. turn as well. Um, so I think that's one of the uh, like that's one of the conversations. And some other armies just don't generally tend to like my Zinch list doesn't generally tend to use CP for like other than like <laughs> the core stuff. Yeah, like you know, and I will be using it for all out defense and other stuff. So it's got to be more specific about where I'm I'm applying it. So yeah, I can completely see that. Cool. What's next? Big. So the the shrine's a big win. Um, chronomatic cogs. Oh, okay, okay. That's not technically the book, <laughs> but big win for everyone, I think. Big win for everyone in the book. And to be honest, uh, it just makes the army go crazy mode because then you don't have to choose between parapiche or your spell. Yeah. 
and suddenly like you can cast a full you can have a go at everything which for you know your opponent they're like well i can't stop it all yeah you know so just for everyone it, at home one... just to be aware every wizard within six inches gets to cast an additional spell once chronomantic cogs has been gone off which means all all of your uh units well not all of your units but like you know your sentinels and your wardens they obviously are wizards so you you would do their war scroll spell so unlike pink horrors where you can only do their war scroll spell you can do their war scroll spell and then you can do an additional spell now yeah 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 it's it's uh it's crazy good. Crazy. <laughs> you seem so <laughs> impressed. Because <laughs> you said, what, there are 24 spells available? Oh, well, it, yeah, technically it's like 22 or something like that. But I mean, uh, most of your core ones can only know Law of Heath spells. But like, you know, if you've got a Wind Mage in there, suddenly they can cast two spells from the Law of Wind or, you know, Stone Mage or whatever. Um, so yeah. you're basically guaranteed to get off, like, you know, most of your Power of Heaths. And then you can just have, have you know, it's, it's just about like, they're all good. They're all. It's all good stuff. It's all stuff you want. Like you're always like, oh, you always have to make decisions as a Lumineth player, being like, you know, oh, it would be great if I could get Total Eclipse off this turn, but I need to power of each, you know, yeah, stuff like that. And now you now you can be like, well, I can just try doing both. So see where that gets me. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but just for everyone at home, just in case you weren't aware, Parahish is uh, you're, you instead of doing six uh, mortals to wound on sixes to hit, you do them on fives to hit. What's it cast on? A five? Six? Uh, yeah, something like that. Um, oh wow. Yeah, I think it's like a yeah. Uh, so it, it's quite like reliable, and obviously you've got um, Aether Quartz to to buff that anyway. If you in a pinch, if you need to. So again, because uh, uh, you, you yeah, it just makes it more reliable. Aether Quartz, very good. Very good. Okay, sweet. Sweet. Chronomantic Cogs, yeah, uh, very scary. I mean, as a Zinch player, like, you can cast all the spells all day if you want, um, although you're also going to shoot all my characters <laughs> to death, so, right, like, know. little column A, little column B. Illness uh, versus Zinch is horrific if you've both got Cogs, because it's like, have all the fate points, you know, have all the fate points you ever wanted. <laughs> 20 pinks a turn, I don't get whatever it is, you know. <laughs> problem problem is is like you'll unless you're running archeon i think you lose a lot of the other stuff to uh to shooting like yeah. as, as the zinch player i don't i don't think it works that way but yeah yeah no i get it um uh this army uh okay um uh yeah sorry what you, so what what else are the big winners do you think um uh some other small winners there's a lot of a lot of like general uh small winners would be uh severith because again he's a hero gets access to that healing now Gets access to yeah. uh, finest uh, finest hour on Severith is good because finest hour, um, for those of you that don't know, also affects your shooting profile. It's just attacks, so okay, it boosts wow. his you know his shooting to winning on twos. So for that like turn where you need him to really actually like not whiff, um, it's good. Or or maybe like he's up the board and you need him to like get that extra plus one save. And what's his shooting profile again? Uh, so he's four shots, twos to hit, uh, threes to wound, minus three ren, d3 damage. Minus three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy it hell. Makes him really good in the new edition, because as we all know, minus three is the new minus two, and uh, yeah. minus two is the new minus one. So my, being minus yeah, three yeah. is like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, really good. Yeah, that's amazing. Like the that's... extra wounds three on things, you know, like that you couldn't quite... With like maybe the root. Yeah, and I mean D three damage, right? Like basically four D three damage is is not insignificant, effectively. Uh, no. Like you'll kill it, you'll kill a character, or you'll definitely chip a monster down pretty aggressively. And is it twenty four inch range? Uh, no, it's eighteen. But you know, you never okay. his movement's twenty four, so you're never going to struggle to get it into range if that makes sense. Yeah, true. Can't only <laughs> screen eighteen inches on the new boards, so like it's he's going to be shooting what he wants. 
yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but seventh generally a winner because obviously finest hour as well. That's that's really interesting because uh, already very very good. Did he go up many points in this? He edition? did go up significant. I don't know. I know significantly. It was at least forty points. I think he went up or something yeah. like that. Um, he he went up to. I think he's three four five right now, which was definitely more than he was. Um, uh, I don't quote me on the forty points thing. He he's more points, but I think he's definitely worth it. Mainly because of the healing, he sticks around a lot longer. Um, that because that heroic recovery, he's a spirit, so he's bravery ten, which is quite unusual for the army. So he's got really easy access to heroic recovery, um, mm-hmm. and also uh, spirits, wind spirits heal D three if they're near wind mages. So you can get like a two D three heal, maybe a three D three heal on him if you've got the the wind spell. You know, uh, it, it means that he's less prone to being shot off the board. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like yeah, because he's uh, he's just crazy good. Like you said, healing three d three is pretty significant. Because um, uh, what's his what's his base armor save three, and then he's got a four up. No, no, no. He's uh, so he's ten wounds. He's a five up with a five up DPR inbuilt. So right, five up, okay. five up. So you can have him like four up, five up. He's not the the most survivable thing in the world. Um, yeah. So if he if you do catch him with something good, then he's He's in a bit of a tricky spot, but obviously you're never going to catch him because he's a bit. <laughs> Chat. Okay, I mean we got to we got to talk about that a little bit uh, just for a moment. Like any of the the wind spirits, because I see Joe Joe Cryer in the chat, um, uh, and I think a lot of people uh, JP in the chat as well. Obviously plays Lumineth. A lot of people obviously um, are either playing with or playing against the wind spirits. Uh, so you. They effectively can't be charged. Like, explain to me how it works, and explain to me what your experience is uh, having played it, like dozens of games now. What are your thoughts? So basically, like, the, um, they're they're super fast, um, and they can't be charged because they have an ability um, which lets them, at the end of the shooting phase, move twelve inches, uh, and that includes your opponent's shooting phase. Which means that because it's at the end of the shooting phase, so you've already had your movement phase. Which wasn't clear when the book came out, but then got FAQ'd to specifically do that. Yeah, yeah. They 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 blessed them. They were like, "Yes, this is intentional." Um, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe not, but they blessed it anyway. Uh, yeah. So because you've already made your movement in your movement phase, um, you can't then. Usually, you can't move anymore after that, especially in the shooting phase. Um, so being able to move back. 12 inches means that you're always going to be out of that golden 12 inch range to declare a charge. So the only real, real way for them to catch you as a wind spirit is they have to either like spend a turn, like ring fencing this box with their entire army. So it can only like, you know, has to move towards something, um, which is a big win for the Lumineth player anyway, because you've spent your whole turn ring, ring fencing one model, um, whatever, uh, or they have to have a 3d6 charge um, to be able to get stuff. So there's a few things out there with a 3d6 charge. Um, but as long as you play carefully, and especially with access to redeploy now, it, you're not that worried about a 3d6 charge. So yeah. essentially, he's yeah. only getting in combat when you really want him to. And you do want him to get in combat because he's a great control piece. And this is what I think um, Severith's best at. Because uh, his damage can sometimes be swinging with that three up to wound. But what he's great at is, is tagging things, and he's got this ability um, where he reduces the uh, the piling of models within three inches by 
inches. So essentially, any model in three inches of Severith has a one-inch pylon. So if you've got a one-inch melee weapon, you can charge him with Severith, and then you can pile back three inches uh, to, or, or like to 2.9 away because he's a wind model, and wind models can pile in in any direction they want, uh, regardless. Yep. Um, and then he can obviously like tag you, tag those units, and maybe take minimal attacks back, or even sometimes no attacks back. Um, and essentially, they're then stuck in combat with this, this, you know, this this fox, and they're not able to charge. Then, you know, they're not able to run out of a retreat, so they could maybe only have to shoot him. He's he his his, his strength relies on being that control piece um, that stops your opponent from doing things. So he is literally he. Playing with him is amazing, but I can I and I can fully see playing against him is probably like the worst negative play experience ever because he not only is he killing your you know doing decent reliable output and mortal wounds um, and potentially blowing up your terrain, um, he's stopping you from doing things with your your toys and that's his real strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a control piece. I think that's one of the yeah. really interesting things. You think like when I've seen you play with him, I've seen him playing on the tabletops at the Super Series and other stuff. Like I think one of the things that really struck me was how you're able to and Joe in the chat talking about running four, running them in a line, so effectively you can kind of like slowly move block your opponent's army. We've seen this in Age of Sigmar time again, right? We've seen it with Endless Spells, we've seen it with Swamp Lists, we've seen it with Sylvaneth one-drop lists. Like, iterations of making your opponent be unable to do stuff. Even Kairos, Spell Portal, Gift of Change, doing the same thing, right? He's like, cool, I've like popped out six of your models or one of your models or whatever, and I put a spawn there, so I've move-blocked you for the next turn. It's just a very consistent tactic in Age of Sigmar that's worked very, very, very well, right? Because like you said earlier on, movement is king, so not only yours being good, but theirs being worse because you've made it worse seems like a yeah. like a no-brainer. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's one of those experiences people have to kind of like unpack and, and play against and learn because it must be... Like, are you still learning like tricks? Because it feels like such a utility piece that there must be so much to do with it. Yeah, definitely. There's, I mean, every game is something like I go like, there's a moment where I go, oh yeah, I could have done that. You know, and like you don't even sometimes you don't even register it, but yeah, you're always always learning, definitely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. What about the other um uh what about the other uh foxes? As good or like what's going on there? I I see the merits of a four fox list. I don't think it's something I would play. Um purely because if you do catch them, um or if you do have access to like some decent shooting then they're less tanky. They're only eight wounds, yeah, and they yeah. they don't get heroic recovery, so your your healing on them is is more limited. Um, they can't all out defense themselves because they're not heroes, um, so they're less survivable. Mm. And I think they're mm. just a little too. Um, and also, they don't do the mortal wounds. They don't do the mortal wounds, which I think is a, a very key to Severus output. Um, he's a lot of chip mortal wounds, like those mortal wounds are moving over things. You know, like. And because you, you do the mortal moons even when you move over in their shooting phase, so it adds up. It's like um, at the tournament the weekend I played a, I played a Alex with his dock, and like I wasn't even like a lot of the time wasn't like you know I put maybe a few shots into Marathi, but it was Severith that just did those little chip damage to Marathi just by moving over her, you know, to, it's stuff like that. It adds up, you know, that damage. Um, so I think that's what makes him good. I think you have to have the complete package for me i wouldn't necessarily look at the other foxes yeah no, fair enough fair enough uh, 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 what's next what's next um, what else big wins uh ruse 
Ruse. So they're a bit of a winner and a loser. Okay. Um, and this will take us into our losers, I think. Um, so Ruse, obviously, uh, they they gain access to easy plus one to hit. So you're not you don't have to burn your Aether Quartz now to get hitting on twos. It means you're less reliant on Lambent Light. Um, and obviously, plus one save improves output. Yep. Uh, sorry, uh, not uh, output, uh, survivability. Yep. Um, and also, the ability to unleash hell. Um, unleash, I don't think we've talked about unleash hell now. No. Nope. Uh, but it makes some things like Sentinels, Ruse, really good. Because um, obviously, shooting before... They're, 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 they're high-quality shooting. Um, you're hitting really good. Uh, you can also burn Aether Quartz in the charge phase. You can burn it in any phase. So you can... Unleash Hell, burn Aether Quartz, and ignore the minus one to hit if you want as well. Wow. That's another little cheeky tactic. Nice. Um, so it's stuff like that. It, 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 suddenly charging 15 rues becomes a bit like, ooh, how many I shots do, do I, how many, If I charge 15 rues, what am I What am I facing in an Unleash Hell? Uh, 31 shots. Um, and also, if they're in Hellon, this is another reason why Hellon's really good in the new edition, because um, uh, you do Unleash Hell after the charge is finished. So if those mod, if they move within three inches uh, of your Helon models, any Helon model uh, in three inches of uh, an enemy gets another shot. So if you like charge fifteen ruse and then you know you, you wrap them, then suddenly you you get even more shots with your ruse. Maybe like forty five. Who knows if you wrap them completely? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the why ruse are a winner. Um, they, however, are losers because they lost the win battalion, mm -hmm. which means that they have to charge you now. They don't get that free six inch pile in. Um, so you you got to be you got to play with them a lot tighter now. Uh, it's, they're still good, but you got to yeah. You can't just be like lol. I pile in, I pile out, whatever. Yeah. You know, I run away. Um, and obviously minus one rend, not as good as it was. Um, you can get around it a little bit. Total eclipse, and there's a spell in the Law of Wind which means you can totally shut off command abilities. You can't receive them. You can't issue them. Um, so there's a way of like getting around all that defense with ruse. Um, but it does like minus one rend is obviously a bit sad now. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I guess we haven't really like uh, we haven't touched it. We've said it a couple of times, but to like in the meta where everyone wants to do an unleash hell, or maybe even builded lists like the the double sixty sentinels or like double thirty sentinels, sorry for sixty, um, yeah. or like all the storm fiends or anything. Uh, any of these things that definitely want to be using CP because they're building it into their lists, uh, all out defense and other stuff. Total eclipse has to be maybe. The standout spell, maybe in Age of Sigma, probably uh, arguing maybe the best spell in Age of Sigma. Like it's it's up there. It's definitely I'd say it's in the top top five, defo. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's uh, so anyone who doesn't know what Total Eclipse does, it, it essentially uh, forces your opponent to use two CP uh, for every command ability instead of one, and that's board wide. Um, there's no range in it. You just cast it. It happens. It's really, really, really strong. Um, and especially, you know, if, like if you're only going like, if you're going like first in a turn or even second, you're only getting like what two, three CP. So that's that's suddenly that's one command ability, not two or three. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's massive. Which is nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like, huge. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, you're probably you're probably getting if going first, you're probably getting three. Um, uh, no, you're probably getting to like one and then one for your general. Uh, and then if you go in, uh, you're probably getting three. So like you say, it it just means that you go from being able to go in second to maybe doing three command abilities to dropping down to one. And that's like obnoxious, right? Like that's it's so good. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the. Uh, the... Like, great. What do you want to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you've you got, be back? Yeah, you, you've really you reduced it down. Right? Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it, it's good because it it means suddenly it, it takes options away from your opponent. 
Uh, I'm more negative play, I know, but like, well, it's just like, yeah. like, like we're not here, like, it, like, there's not, this isn't, a, this is a show about about Lumineth. You want to play with Lumineth, or even hey. you want to play against Lumineth, like warts and all. Whether or not, there's no judgment on like its power level. Like when I say it's one of the best spells in the game, I mean it. Like it is one of the best spells in the game. And if oh, you yeah. want to do it, like. Whenever I see those wind chargers running around, like the, the kangaroos, it's the funniest thing because you see the other guy and he's like, what the fuck is this? Like, they've got the funniest look on their face, all right? It's uh, great if you do it to someone who's never played it before and then they're like, what? <laughs> they move how far? You're like, oh, I don't know. I didn't write it. <laughs> uh, but, like, I mean, uh, again, it's, I don't know. I think it's fairly fragile and there's some other stuff you can talk about. Thanks, Stabgrot, for resubscribing. Big love to you, Stabgrot. <laughs> Uh, um uh but yeah there's no judgment at, at the moment it's just it's just a hundred percent like interesting um uh like and the play so you think those are all the big winners can i ask like uh before we move on to losers can i ask about stuff that's maintained its level of good like what how's the calathar like still good uh, like you know stuff like that like good. what's what's good out the book if you were doing a these are great pick these up sort of thing to be honest, there's a long list of stuff that's good. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a long list of stuff that you're like, yeah. Um, there's a use for everything, I think. Uh, the the, the, the Calathar, as you say, is just um, still bonkers good because it gives you access to another um, way of ignoring Battleshock. And also, uniquely uh, in the game, weaponizing your Battleshock. Um, I don't think any other faction has access to anything else like that. Um for those of you that don't know, so the Cathola has this uh, ability that means you, uh, you. So say I, I um, I've got a unit and they they lose five models. Uh, you, you've hit them in combat, they lose five models. Um, I on a two up, I ignore that Battleshock modifier and I put it on you. Um, so now you have to take a Battleshock test. To, you know, um, assuming you have to take a Battleshock test already, uh, it puts the modifier onto someone else. So like suddenly they've got to take a Battleshock test at like minus five, minus ten, you know, whatever. Um, so it's a unique way of like your uh, opponent not accounting for damage. Like it's it's a sneaky way of like getting pseudo damage through, and it, it forces them to use CP on stuff like inspiring presence or whatever um, that they necessarily might want to use on something else. Um, also, Cathol are really good for that spell. It's um, uh, Darkness of the Soul, in my opinion. The best spell in the game. Oh, okay. Fascinating. As someone who's got access to already the best <laughs> spell, I think. Well, talk, talk to me about what it does. That's a War Scroll spell for the Cathalar, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's essentially uh, what it is is you cast it. It's cast on like a seven, I think, um, 18 inch range. And you go, uh, so whenever you, you you put it on a unit and you go, uh, whenever that unit wants to move, shoot, uh, charge, or fight, you've got to roll 2d6. And if it's above your bravery, you can't do it. Um, and obviously, uh, the army has ways to manipulate opponents' bravery. You can reduce bravery with the Cathola by putting, uh, taking the negative bravery you use from Aether Corpse, putting it on other people. Uh, there's spells in the spell laws to reduce bravery. So it's essentially like Bellacor, but every turn, and you can modify it. Wow. Okay. Is how I how I pitch yeah, it. Yeah, because that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Because you pay for Bellacore, really, you're always paying for the ability, and yeah, yeah. the monster and the damage and the spellcaster and everything else is like the thing extra. But what you're saying yeah, is, yeah. is this is a cheaper access to Bellacore that instead of Bellacore being once per game, it's potentially over five turns. Maybe not as reliable as Bellacore because it, you know, like obviously it's a spell and it relies on people's bravery, but. 
you know, with ways to reduce it, if you've even got like average bravery, it's extremely effective. Yeah. Um, against a lot of stuff. Uh, and stuff like bravery, maybe bravery ten stuff. You're not so worried, but even bravery nine stuff, you're like, yeah, I can get that down to like maybe, you know, six seven. So that's you know, suddenly you're failing like you're not doing half the things you want to do, and that's really amazing. Um, stuff, other stuff that is still good. Um, again, all the core troops, um, uh, scenario units uh, in general, because they gained an ability called Contemplate, which means that uh, instead of casting spell this turn, you can wait a turn and then auto cast a spell on a nine. Um, I don't really use it that much, but it's nice to have, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's like more rules, give me more rules. Um, other stuff that has stayed good. Uh, stone units. I think Stone Guard, uh, they're still decent. They're probably more decent now because you've got access to a teleport spell. You've got access to more movement options. Um, so I think they've probably bumped up into the decent category now. Um, uh, yeah, that's probably everything else is like just, uh, it, there's no losers, like real, like, well, okay. Nothing you think lost. Okay, what, what lost? What lost? What were the losers? Um, so losers, uh, Hishian Binstones, uh, Twins. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, they uh, so Twinstones. They used to be, um, you cast it and it, it gave you casting bonuses and you can like power it up to like get those key spells off. Um, so it it was. Uh, I won't go into it because it's quite complicated to explain, but it was basically um, an effective like army wide plus two to cast as long as you kept successfully casting spells. Mm -hmm. um, now it's just uh, you cast it and you cast spells near it and that powers it up and then when you decide to actually use the twin stones it dispels itself um, and I think there are some people that like argue it's still worth it and that it was obviously horrifically undercosted before um, mm. but now you are it's gone up in points and now you're sacrificing multiple casts just to try and power up one cast and I think I would rather have more casts than one super cast. Because I've already got rerolls. You know, I've, I've got A for Quartz. You know, if you take stuff in Zytrek, which is a sub-faction that gives everyone plus one a cast, you've got that as well. You know, if you take Techless, you're getting pluses a cast. So it's like necessary now, I think. Um, uh, what else have I got? Well, I was going to say, like, it feels like the Twin Stones kind of conversation has just moved from, like, you know, like, can I get more reliable casting to kind of have more casting, like you said, yeah, yeah. Uh, with uh, Chronomantic Cogs. And it feels like it's it's a different swap, but it's like a side grade. So, like, you didn't necessarily go down, you just changed... Yeah, you sidestepped into Cogs, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I, yeah. Uh, it's a, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the. But yeah, I mean, it got worse. What about the other endless spells? Like, because I know, uh, I know, um, uh, over in, uh, I know the, oh, what's it called, the rune of petrification? Is that the one? Um, the one that did all the damage. Did that change? Because like, uh, obviously, no, um, that, I think that stayed unchanged. I think the only change was, um, I think they made uh, the sanctum one uh, slightly like more. I um, I think they just cleaned it up a little bit. Um, I, I don't find... I wasn't taking those two ones anyway. Um, mainly because I... The, the stone one's good, but it's 70 points. So it's quite a... I, I think, like... And it, it doesn't move, and... And it's on a four-up to do the mortal wounds. So it's... It's not necessarily reliable. It's quite high cast. I, I was never looking at those two from a competitive standpoint anyway. 
Um, so I don't think you'll see a lot of them in lists, certainly in competitive Luminef lists anyway. Um, so I don't think they're a huge loss in terms of that because you weren't really seeing them anywhere. You're not like, you haven't lost anything, I don't think. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, other losers, uh, the Venari Bannerblade, just because he's so shit. <laughs> That's fair. You're allowed one he's shit unit, bad. you know, like one, one's fine. Um, he's just so bad. Um, great model, uh, painting meta stonks through, through the, the roof. roof. But what about what about roof, so what about uh, like just a couple of uh, follow up questions because we've had them from the chat. What are your thoughts and feelings on um, uh, the twins? So not the twin stones, the twins. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The twins—they're—they're oh, they're so interesting. They are interesting, and I keep thinking about them in lists. Um, They're—they're obviously a very unique piece. Um, they give you access to more CP. They—they're uh, reasonably hitty. They get way hittier as the the battle goes on. They're also your only uh, access to like a decent caster that isn't techless, because they get an innate plus one, plus one, plus one, and they're um, uh, a two caster. Um, so, you know, that's pretty good. They're reasonably good. They've got access to a 5-up TPR on their war scroll. Um, they can do a mortal wound laser. Uh, they get great healing, and because uh, they've got this thing where, like, you roll for the number of wounds they've taken or, like, the battle round, and if it's under, they teleport away and heal D6 mortal wounds. So they, I think they're good because they've become a lot more survivable. But the thing for me that they struggle with is is and the reason i don't get them into lists necessarily is two things is they're i think they're 280 points or maybe 285 and for me that's just a little bit too much for something that um well, i guess the problem is like so they're really hitty so you want them to be in combat uh, but they're also not necessarily that tanky um so if you 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 know, they're prone to being one shot by something. And then on their abilities, their abilities encourage you to keep them near your general. So you get more CP. So this is weird, like, um, I don't know, sort of like uh, tension in the war scroll. Yeah. But it's trying to get you to, it's like you have to choose between doing things rather than getting all the stuff that you want out of the war scroll that you're paying for. Yeah, it, it, it um, isn't specified, which is like almost a counterpoint to Severith, where Severith does eight things that you want it to do like yeah, yeah. at once um whereas yeah. yeah and it's all of them exactly where you want them yeah. yeah yeah um and yeah just being too many points it's just it's this weird point number and just like how the list building works out that you're like you have to make sacrifices in other places that you you don't want to make to fit them in uh that's my view on the twins and um, they are they are good i do think they, there is a place for them definitely um outside of lumineth um because they're unique and they can be allied into any order army um, so then give you more CP and uh, stuff like that. So I think there's the place for them there, to be honest. And the second thing that stops them is the uh, uh, they are faction locks to uh, Elithia, which is, in my opinion, and I know I know JP probably disagrees with me, um, the worst sub-faction in the book. Oh. Um, it has got better. It has got better because they get access to reroll ones to hit and it improves the bravery. And you're not locked into any, like, uh, there's no, like, tax artifact and stuff like that but they're locked into that faction so they can't get like any any mileage out of like alumnia so they can't get like run and charge they can't get like a move out of combat thing um and i think that limits them a little bit okay yeah fair um and not to keep quizzing you on every single unit of the book but i just want this is one for me mr law seeker no. talk to me about mr law seeker oh! yeah or no 
special place in my heart. Oh, Mr. Lawseeker. Uh, uh, Mr. Lawseeker and his buddy, the the Blade Lords. Uh, chef's kiss. Oh, really? So talk uh, to me about how, like the, the the combo, why it's good, and what it does. So uh, the Lawseeker, I, he doesn't make it into every list because you have to. It's a bit of a Blade Lord tax, I think. To make him work and also the missions the new missions uh, uh he's reliant on your enemy territory essentially um so basically he's got a mechanic where you uh you can choose to before the game uh you know deploy him off the board and then set him up anywhere in your uh, in enemy territory it has to be in enemy territory um more than three inches away from enemy models uh and that's good because you can be a little assassin thing if you know it forces your opponent to screen off like three inches which is like ridiculous obviously um but there's another part of this ability and there's if you set him up on an objective uh which there are no enemy models on um then as long as he's within six inches of that objective uh that objective is yours as long as he's alive yeah um and so in some missions where you like uh, your opponent can't get on the objectives and all those like the territories extends quite far out or the opponent can't get onto all their objectives immediately. Um, what it lets you do is uh, take a lead in the primary game, uh, you know, on yeah. those objective scoring things. And Blade Lords are key to this because Blade Lords have a rule that they let you pass off wounds on a two plus. So they're like a bodyguard unit. Um, they're two wound models. They've got four up save. They benefit from Shining Company, so they're minus one to hit. Um, and they have a spell ignore. So they're like the ultimate bodyguard. Um, and you, if you get a couple of, say, maybe 10, you know, sometimes I've even written silly lists with like 15 Blade Lords in, uh, you can sort of play like pseudo like Gargants in a way and go like, this right. mine, this objective is mine uh, until you kill this Law Seeker, um, come get me. And your opponent doesn't necessarily expect you to play uh, in that way, in that sort of like, st I stand there and I survive sort of thing. Um, yeah, and and it's also fairly unique because while gargants do it in in one particular way, yeah, um, their melee output or like their like what else they can all, all that they can really bring to the table is they're going to be there. Whereas you know you could hold with the blade lords and the law seeker while sentinels are shooting into that kind of like exactly. midfield yeah. as well, right? Like whereas gargants don't really play that game, they're going to like be running off one onto the other, Whoa. and so you can kind of move. Oh, sorry, rocks. after you. they throw rocks. So, oh, they do throw rocks. They do throw rocks. That's true. They do throw so, rocks. Yeah, yeah, not quite the same. <laughs> uh, a couple of a couple of idiots throwing rocks versus elite elves doing that like scene from uh, <laughs> um, uh, well, I... Lord of the Rings too. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I always see. Uh, um, I don't see the new Hercules film. There's a bit where he goes like that, and all the arrows like rain down upon him. It's great. That's what I yeah. imagined. Exactly like that. <laughs> I still think they're rubbish. Uh, glow down in the chat. I just want to be clear about that. Me and Matt don't agree, uh, but like I'm, I'm uh, Matt, Matt's played the it. Person thinks Blade Lords are good, but yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Me, like we're, we're in different camps, but like um, it's his it's his show to talk about. Okay, so uh, what um, what list have you got for us? And I'm going to put these. If you guys have been watching, I'm going to put these uh, on uh, thehonestwargamer.com so you guys can check them out. Uh, of course, so go and find the links uh, for that in the show notes and other places. Um, uh, yeah, so what list? I've got, are we I've got at? three for you. I've got um, I've got a, I've got a, a sort of a, a slight evolution on my one. What I'll probably be like looking to play in the future. Um, I've got okay. a, a fun, a fun uh, cow one. Uh, I've got um, and I've got a, I've got a tech list one. So I'll start you off with with sort of like what I've been playing. 
Um, so Luna Throne Lords, obviously, we're playing in Helon because um, mm -hmm. we're using all those wind units and uh, getting that move after the combat phase is key. Um, your grand strategy, uh, grand strategy for Lumineth should basically always be prize sorcery every time. Every time, because you have so many wizards, I've never not got it in a game, because um, it's just so easy to keep something alive um, at the end yeah. of the game. Um, so leaders, Severith, straight in there, uh, in a wall or battalion. Uh, Sonari Cathola, uh, in a wall or battalion with the Metalith Dust. Now this is your tax artifact. Um, it's okay, so once per game, minus one to hit and wound on a unit in three inches in the combat phase, whatever. Um, Cathol has got Total Eclipse, and I've taken the Spell Enhancement uh, across the whole army, so he's also got Speed of Fish. Uh, then I've got Hurricane Wind Mage, uh, who's the general, uh, whose job is to be the Shrine Caddy, um, and there's a reason for that, and I'll go, go on to when I talk about the ruse later. Um, so he's Command Trait Sky Race Grand Champion, which gives you a once per game reroll cast, uh, reroll a run or reroll a charge. You're only taking it for the reroll cast, basically. Um, and he knows uh, Howling Gale, so that's the spell that stops you doing command abilities and Guiding Flurries, which is a spell that either gives plus one to hit or extends the range of your shooting attack by six inches. That's pretty key. Mm -hmm. um, so they're all in Warlord. Now, Battle Line. Uh, you've got 10 Hurricane Wind Chargers. So I'm going down from 15 to 10, but um, I think Interesting. this is so I can include more Sentinels because <laughs> I think we're moving to that. Well, we're regrettably moving into that high armor save meta. So, you know, Wind Charger stonks down a little bit. Sentinel Mortal Wounds will be more and more useful. Yeah. Um, so they're Hunters of the Heartland so that if they get roared at, um, well, they can't be roared at basically, so they can always do the retreat from combat move, yep. which is very key. Um, then we've got 20 Wardens in Hunters. Same thing. Uh, so they know Speed of Heesh and Protection of Heesh. Protection of Heesh is the uh, five-up DPR spell. It's like the mini one. that is. There's a mini one, so there's the big one that Texas knows, and then there's a mini one that's only nine-inch uh, holy within bubble. Um, still a five-up DPR. And then Speed of Heesh is a key spell, doubles your movement. Yeah. Um, then you've got 20 Sentinels in Hunters of the Heartland, which you know Total Eclipse and Lambent Light. And I've got 10 Sentinels in the Warlord Battalion to fill that out, which know um, Levitate and Lambent Light. Mm -hmm. Then I've got 10 more Sentinels in the Warlord that know Speed of Heesh and Lambent Light. So I'm stacking up on Lambent Light and Speed of Heesh a lot here, and that's uh, for redundancy. So you can kill something, and I go, great, my core combos, they still totally function. I've got, you know, I've, I've not lost any uh, efficiency. I think I, actually, um, and then, that's and fascinating, like, just, just, just to touch on that a moment. Whereas, like, in the, in the mirror, let's say I'm playing with, fuck, I don't know, anything. Yeah, like, my wizard yeah. or like, my character that does a thing is the one character that does a thing. If you shoot them off and you've got like the perfect option to do that in Sentinels, you're the winner. Whereas all of your army has all of the buffs available to it. Like even if you you can't unsynergize the army very well. Yeah, yeah. You unless you like, you'd have to like target kill all the casters, which is very difficult. You know, obviously because you're you'd have to like alpha the whole army basically. But yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. So uh, great redundancy. Um, and then I've got three endless spells. I've got Cogs, I've got Life Swarm, and I've got Umbral Spell Portal. Okay. Um, and Cogs obviously is there to give access to all those all those extra spells, so you just cast a load of spells. Um, Emerald Life Swarm is there. It, it's great. It works great with Rally on the Wardens. So you know, someone comes in, and this is a, a key thing with Helon. So if someone comes and hits your Wardens, um, you can then spend a CP, 
move the wardens out of combat so the next turn you're able to rally if you want to. Oh, wow. Because you're not stuck inches of them. That's so then you can rally, life swarm them back, and you can get those of those of them back. And um, again, that life swarm's so good because again you can bring back wind charges then. You know, it, it's just really good. Um Umbral Spell Portal is there for Lambert Light and also uh, potentially maybe for like to put Howling Gale through if you want to stop command abilities. So Lambert Light is a key spell to how the list works. It's a shooting list. It's a precision damage list. You basically you're trying to like remove your opponent's key pieces with this list uh, with this list. And then like tag them with Severus and so they can't like, you know, engage you in combat until like as late as possible. And then when they do engage you in combat, you've got that warden wall there sitting there in Shining Company with potentially a DPR save with loads of save stacks um, that can absorb that and then, you know, buy you more time to take off whatever it is that's fighting, you know, got to your lines. It plays as a sort of like it's this castle um, that lets you like reach out with the ruse. And the key combo in the list is the ruse. So obviously you speed a the ruse, mm -hmm. and then you put the wind mage in the shrine. So it gives the because obviously it's a garrison, it means a bigger base. The wind mage ability is only six inches wholly within. Yep. So to fit 15 ruse or like 10, 15 ruse within six, you can put them around the shrine, and suddenly that becomes very easy. Okay, yeah. Like to, get, to give them that fly, to give them that extra movement. So then you cast speed of fish, and they move 32. They shoot something, they take off a key target. Severith usually likes to go up with them and be their buddy to give the hell on command ability. Uh, and then they can either charge something, maybe fight it if it's, you know, I don't know, small target that they can reliably kill. And then they use the hell on command ability and they can make a move at the end of the combat phase. Potentially, if you just use your pile out, because you don't have to pile in, in any direction with the wind unit, so you can pile out straight away so they don't even have to fight you. You can charge, pile out six, then potentially move 32 inches back or 32 inches to anywhere you like on the board. So you can either move back behind your castle mm -hmm. or you can move like maybe 32 inches onto that objective over there that they've left unguarded yeah. or something like that. Um, and it allows you to be in places so you don't have to fight on the objectives necessarily, if that makes sense. It gives you like total flexibility. Yeah, you're, um, you're not committed to, like, I'm going over here. You could be like, I'll just be wherever I need to be. Yeah, I'll be here now, and then in five minutes I'll be over there yeah. when I need to be. Um, and there's redundancy, you know, redundancy in that as well. So even if you fail um, speed of fish or they, it gets unbound, you've got guiding flurry, so you can extend their shooting range to make them 18 inches. So chances are you get one of them off, um, and then there's no way of screening them out. Um, and then obviously you've got that precision mortal wound damage coming from the Sentinels, you Lambert Light, that key target, you go, right, that needs to die. Um, Sentinel Nulls will just lift off with mortal wounds. Um, and it's, 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 you know, rinse and repeat. You can usually kill um, two or sometimes, if you get lucky, three decent, like, key pieces to turn. Um, obviously, Sentinel's massive character suppression. You can't hide from them. They're going to get you. They're coming to get you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's how it works, basically. It's, it's a shooting castle that you essentially can't catch. Honestly, it looks like one of the most fun lists to play with. Like, every time I see it, I'm like, that must be so much fun. And then, counterpoint, it looks like one of the one of the worst lists to play against. Like, as I can yeah, You're not going to make a lot of friends playing this <laughs> list. But, like, it looks like you're, like you're so dynamic on the tabletop. You've got so many options. You could do so many things. Like, it's, like yeah. it gives you so many choices, which ultimately, as a gamer, like, like why wouldn't you want to have the cheat codes to, like, play the game, basically? Uh, which oh, is what it kind made. of feels like you have. Um, like... Uh, but like that's 
that's what I love about it because it, it's an army like um, for those that know me I used to play Seraphon quite a lot um, and it feels like you, you don't really have to play Seraphon anymore I don't think it's a bit of like an autopilot list sometimes um, and I, I like armies where you have to like really play like because it forces you to get better as well as a gamer it forces you to like improve your your skills and like be tighter with movement and stuff like that so that's why i like it yeah all right great sounds fun can't wait yeah. if you guys it'll be on the website like i say so you check that out so talk to me about cows how do i how do i how do i not have a cow man so well i'm talking we're talking alumnia here so we've got an alumnia list okay. again price sorcery um uh so you've got an, Ar an alarith stone mage is uh, in battle regiment so he's, he's a general uh, he's got Burning Gaze, which is a mortal wound on a 2-plus in combat. It's okay. It's the tax command trait. Uh, he's got a Waystone. Now, this gives you a free uh, once-per-game, like, 12-inch teleport. So you can only teleport 12 inches. Um, but it's a good way of, like, getting him up, you know, somewhere key in the movement phase because Stone Mages aren't that fast. Mm. Um, then you've got a, a Calagrave in Battle Regiment. Who knows Speed of Fish? Uh, then you've got 20 Wardens in a Battle Regiment. So this is uh, basically, we're going for low drops here. Um, you've got, again, Protection of Heat for that DPR save. And you've got 10 Wardens with Lambert Light. You've got uh, 10 Sentinels of Speed of Heat, 10 Sentinels of Lambert Light, 10 Sentinels of uh, Total Eclipse. Um, you'll see those 30 Sentinels, I think, pop up in a lot of competitive Lumineth lists now because they're just going to be needed. They're just going to be needed. Is like going into this meta that we're, we're going to be going into this high armor save meta. Um, and then you've got two Alarith Spirit of the Mountains um, in an Alpha Beast pack. So that's the pre-game move. Oh, wow. Okay. Fun. Uh, the D6 pre-game move. And then you've got Cogs and Spell Portal. And so this is a bit of a fun, you know, a fun, like, fight in the middle list. Uh, maybe it's not, like, necessarily the most um, OP thing out there, but I think it's good fun. Um, and it also catches a lot of people out. So the, the idea with this list is that you... You get a, a pre-game move from all your Scenario stuff uh, and your Venari stuff. So if you want, you can pre-game your Warden six inches, and then you can move them six. Maybe you speed of heesh them, so they move 12, so suddenly they're 18 inches away from your line. And, you know, so they can be in your face basically turn one. So you're, you're trying to go first with this um, and get those Spirits up the board, get those, uh, those Wardens up the board, um, and just generally smash face. Um, and this plays into one of the, the Luminous key Allegiance abilities that... Uh, I haven't mentioned so far, which is whenever you fight in the combat phase, you can pick two units to fight uh, in, and they fight in a order of your choice, one after the other. Um, so obviously, it goes without saying that fighting with two cows one after the other is really good. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, of course. And those cows, uh, stone units, they're, they're good for fighting on objectives because they can push uh, units off objectives. With their allegiance abilities, the stone units, um, after they fought, they go, get away from me, and they force you to do a three-inch retreat move. And then you can also optionally pile in an inch if you want. So it means you can just push them, push things off objectives. It's great into Gargants, because obviously you can push them off objectives that they're trying to stand on. Um, Especially when they yeah, just like be clever and they just tow in or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it catches people out. You're trying to be, yeah, don't, you can't like tow in and be clever. You just go, nope, get off my objective, get off my land. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, you've got that those um, Sentinels shooting over the top, giving you that character suppression, that range support. Um, and the Stone Mage sort of bodies around with the cows and makes sure they're always at top profile. So you're always fighting on that, you know, peak efficiency. Um, so that's a bit of a simple, fun list. Um, 
Alumnia is, is great fun if anyone who anyone who wants to play it. Run and charge on like 20, 30 wardens, run and charge on a cow. It catches so many people um, off guard. And also the key thing about the Alumnia command ability is that it's done in the charge phase. So you can still auto run something six and then use the run and charge. Oh yeah, it's so yeah, so you can do both. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, especially with like speedy heesh or something like that. Like you're just yeah, you're yeah. just going so fast. Uh, and yeah, thirty wardens are slap. Uh, like yeah yeah. yeah yeah they'll slap cheeks like no one's business uh, so uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right sweet that sounds fun that sounds really fun actually they've got people in the chat really excited about that one uh, and then techless our man the bearded warrior uh, the... now I want to talk about the most um, the most handsome man in Warhammer <laughs> here um, and that's uh, so babe uh, oh what from, a babe uh, what a babe London Guild, what a babe. Um, he was running uh, something slightly well, very similar to this um, uh, at the London Open, and uh, he went 3 2 with it, but uh, I think uh, you know he had some bad luck. He was talking to me about it, and I think this could easily go like 4 1. Um, so it's it's a hell on list again. Uh, again, price sorcery. Again, you've got that inspired triumph. Um, tech list, uh, straight up in a battle regiment. Okay. Hurricane Windmate in a battle regiment. He's a general. He's got that Sky Race uh, Grand Champion reroll. He's got the Medleth Dust. Uh, he's got Guiding Flurry, so plus one to hit or extend the range. Um, you've got the Wind Chargers, 10 Wind Chargers again in a Battle Regiment, 20 Wardens in a Battle Regiment, and then you've got those 30 Sentinels in a Battle Regiment, and you've Spell Portal. Um, and they know all the usual spells, Speed of Peace, Lambert Light, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh -huh. And this is interesting because it plays like the other Hell on Mist. Um, but I think going forward, this might, I'm going to definitely try and give this a go um, because Techless is very, very keen to those mega casters. Um, he gives you total magic dominance. So he's more reliability. He's, you know, and he brings, most importantly, Techless an auto unbind. So he's stopping your opponent doing that key spell. Um, mm. it, it's very, very good into stuff like, um, you know, Zinch Archeon, because then you can stop him doing like that reroll save spell. Um, it's very good into you know like anything that you need that magic dominance and it also he brings that army wide five up um, suddenly yeah. your rules are more survivable um, you can get you can guarantee getting those key spells off you get bring that spell ignore um, techless is you either play techless or you don't and like he completely changes the way I think you play the army um, also techless in Helon has a few little cheeky things so obviously uh, he gets an extra. He technically has a shooting attack. He gets an extra mm. shot in three inches. So suddenly, if you you know if you unleash hell with Techless, um, you know he's doing two shots, hitting on threes, wounding on twos, minus three rend, d six damage. You know that wow. that catches people out. You know if you want, suddenly you don't want to charge Techless as much. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, of course. And also Techless being able to move out of combat. Um, you know you can you can yeet Techless twenty four inches forward if you speed a Hisham. You know, clear up something over there, then you can move him 24 inch back to where he needs to be. You know, he benefits a That's lot from cool. Helon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just a little. Uh, it's just, it just. Um, what's the word? It just gives you that those that reliability that you know, if you do can't. Yeah, I feel. I feel like that's more that's more effective than some of the ways I've seen him play, like where he just castles and babysits everything else. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. so many points. It's so many points to babysit that you feel like he needs to go out there and do more, right? Exactly, and Helon lets him go out and do more and then still be where he needs to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's really clever. Also, he gives you access to a monster, 
So immediately you're getting easier access to battle tactics. You're not, you're not um, ever like, I find struggling for battle tactics because you're very good at like removing like slaying the warlord is very easy because you've got precision damage. You can always kill a battle line if you want because again, you've got like scalpel damage. Um, so I think you're never struggling for battle tactics, um, but it gives you easy access to monstrous takeover, um, which means it's just like in those missions, like, um, you know, uh, what's the new Star Strike? Um, whatever it's called. You know, you can that. score yeah. early game necessarily just, uh, oh, sorry, um, actually, no, you need objectives, but like, you, you can score early game on stuff like, you know, uh, stuff where you, you don't want to be getting up the board necessarily uh, immediately. Um, and obviously it gives you uh, access to monstrous reactions and stuff. So it's all great. Um, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Sounds really fun. It sounds really fun. And Shugo's inspired in the chat has just been inspired by that. So that's fun. All right. Well, I'll put all the lists on the, uh, the Honest War Game website. Um, uh, once Matt sends them to me, so you guys will be able to check them out and you can, <laughs> and you can uh, oh, perfect. And you can, uh, you can leave comments and, uh, you know, and just get in touch with, uh, Matt if you want, uh, I'll include the link to his socials below. Uh, Matt, thanks yeah, for yeah, taking us on the journey. Yeah, like uh, thanks for taking us on a journey. It's been it's been such a delight to to listen to you talk about it. And obviously, it just it sounds very exciting. Like honestly, like so many options. Like is all I can hear. Um, yeah. And which is great. Which is great. And I know on the flip side of that, for other people, it'll be like oh, it feels oppressive. But like, I mean, that's just the duality of what it is, right? Like, like someone has to have. If someone has everything, then you obviously have less. Um, uh, you got any shout outs before we go out today? Uh, just shout out all the bad loon, bad, bad moon loon boys. Can't speak. Um, shout out to Tom Gilboy, uh, the sexiest man in Warhammer. Um, I believe he's getting married soon, so you know, congrats to him. Um, also, shout out to all the SLL guys, um, Hugh, Bad Moon, um, and also shout out to Alex for running a great event in Mancunian Carnage. It was really like nice to be back there. Just like you know, the first sort of big size two day air for a while. Um, it was just really good, really good fun. Lots of great people. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. Uh, I'm going to shout out Arthur Vergalis, uh, because I have to at this point. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the way it works. Uh, loads of love to the Twitch chat. Thanks for hanging out. If you are watching this back on YouTube, uh, it's a podcast. If you want to download it as a podcast as well. Uh, and I, this is all possible because of everyone on the Honest Wargamer Patreon. So huge thank you to all of them. Uh, big shout out to the Twitch chat. Love you tons. Uh, look after yourselves. And thanks for listening to Honest Wargamer. See you guys soon. Thank you.